0: David, good morning. Always appreciate the time. Good morning, Chris. Always good to be with you. Uh, let's start with Haley. Were you surprised by her speech Tuesday saying she would remain in this race regardless of what happens in South Carolina?
1: No, not really. I mean, she's not polling well in South Carolina. Of course, that's where she serves as governor, nor is she polling well in a lot of other states that are down the road a little bit. But she is the only remaining candidate who is still conducting a campaign. Against Donald Trump. And I guess the way I look at it is she's still getting money, which is what you need to conduct a campaign. And she, I think her hope is something could happen on the legal front Mm -hmm. or on some other front that could cause former President Trump's campaign to either go off the rails or be disrupted in some way.
0: Let me piggyback on those two. I want to start with with the money. Obviously, she can keep going as long as she has the funding to do so. If she loses big in South Carolina, David, do you think Haley's funding will start to dry up?
1: It makes it harder for her to fundraise. I mean, the the proposition you make to donors is that you have some chance of winning because people obviously don't want to give their money to a losing campaign. The losing, uh, particularly if she loses by... 30 points, which is where she's behind in the, some of the pre-election polling, that would make it difficult. Although she does get a lot of funding from people who are avowed anti-Trump people. So they may decide, just like Haley is, that something could happen between now and the convention that would prevent Donald Trump from running in the general election. So Haley still is worth a, a shot.
0: Even if something does happen with former President Trump in terms of the legal battles that he's facing, if he's convicted and he's no longer eligible to, to run for the office or, or what have you, that doesn't automatically mean that Haley becomes the nominee, does it?
1: No, it doesn't. And that's that's the risk, um, is that even if, for whatever reason, Donald Trump were to withdraw from the race and the Republican National Committee would open up the primaries to other candidates, you know, just because you're still running an active campaign does not guarantee that. And then if we got to the convention, there was an open convention, which I am very suspect of. You know, it really does allow anybody's name to be put into nomination. So, you know, just because you're there doesn't mean you'll be the nominee in case Donald Trump withdrawal.
0: Visiting with Meredith College political science professor David McLennan, let's turn our focus toward our state now, primary a little over a week and a half away. As we inch closer to primary day, David, are we seeing any major shifts in any of the big races that we're following?
1: We really aren't. Uh, this is a case where the two races at the top of the ticket, the race for presidential for the party nomination for president and governor, uh, really haven't moved that much. I mean, this has been one of the quietest primary seasons for those two offices. Now, down the ballot, we have some pretty um, uh, spirited kind of campaigns going on. We have a lot of people running for lieutenant governor on the Republican side and a lot of people running for the 13th congressional district. You know, that's where we can see some movement, but at the top of the ticket, very little.
0: Let me ask you about the poll that you released about a month or so ago. In that poll, you said there's about 42% of likely Republican voters who are still unsighted about who they're going to vote for, for governor and the primary. Based on your experience, what's likely to sway those voters to one candidate or another?
1: Well, there are a couple of factors that uh, large groups of undecided tend to use. Uh, is Number one, um, they tend to go for the front runner. And so, you know, whether it be, Um, uh, Governor Governor Robinson on the Republican side or Attorney General Stein on the Democratic side if they perceive that one of those two is the front runner late um, deciding voters tend to go that way the other tends to be sort of anything newsworthy that breaks uh, in the last minute Uh, we find that undecided voters late undecided tend to be swayed by an event or a statement made by a particular candidate. So that's what I'd be watching for is, is there anything happening by, uh, uh, with a candidate who's running for one of those offices with large undecideds that may be controversial radical, a mistake,
0: something along those lines. You mentioned the Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, who's made some interesting comments in the recent weeks and months, most notably, I think, regarding the transgender bathroom issue that has come up again. Could comments like that impact this race?
1: Well, you know, it doesn't seem to be impacting his numbers. His numbers, whether you look at the Meredith poll, the East Carolina poll, any number of polls that look at that race, have been fairly solid. So I think, you know, the people who support Robinson aren't affected all that much. It could affect undecided voters. And again, since we have a primary system in North Carolina that lets unaffiliated voters as well as party voters vote in the primaries, you know, something Robinson says may shift unaffiliated voters from voting in the Democratic primary to the Republican primary. But the question is, you know, he, he's he got sort of a baked-in image. I mean, he's been saying things like that for a number of years. The people kind of know who Robinson is, but I'm not taking that off the table and seeing something that could shift there.
0: All right, last thought and let you go. You mentioned Lieutenant Governor specifically and the number of candidates that are running for that office on the Republican side. Is that a race, and maybe there could be a couple of others that you could see having a second primary because a candidate doesn't get to the threshold required to be the nominee?
1: Yeah, I think that's possible. I mean, you know, when you have over 10 candidates, and that's what the lieutenant governor's race on the Republican side and the congressional uh, District 13 race on the Republican side have in them, it's hard, particularly when there's no incumbent or someone who's, you know, so well known. It, and that could be a, a very likely situation. So, you know, I would not want to handicap either one mm-hmm. of those two races in terms of who might walk away being the front runner after the election. So, It's a a tough call.
0: I can't wait to see how it all shakes out. Uh, Mayor of the College Political Science Professor David McLennan, thank you so much for the time as always, and look forward to talking again real soon.
1: I look forward to it as well, Chris.